We got footage of Cade, healthy, playing five-on-five pickup against other NBA players, along with getting some news about what else he has planned this summer for him. We're going to talk about that in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Later on in the podcast, we'll talk about a John Hollinger article with The Athletic where he talks about the Detroit Pistons front court and what he saw from them. In the summer league, some interesting stuff. I want to comment on what he had to say about this team. Um, and then later on, we'll talk about a former Piston that hopped on a podcast and talked about his departure from the team over the last few years. I thought it was interesting to hear that. We'll talk about that. Um, but first, we'll be talking about Cade. There is some footage out there. I believe it was Remy training. Um, played some 5v5 pickup. We got a bunch of footage about it uh, from the pickup session. We, I believe we got a 15-minute video of the full pickup session um, all three games that they played, at least I watched. I watched three separate games that Cade played in. Uh, it was dope to see Cade healthy. And we also got some news about what else he has planned for his summer, which is super dope for him coming back uh, from injury ahead of his, what technically will be his third season. Um, but before we talk about any of that for real, I told you guys that we were going to be having a giveaway for this hat that I tweeted about and posted on the YouTube channel. So just real quickly, this is the hat right here. If you guys are not watching on YouTube, you guys are listening on the podcast version, you guys want to see what the hat looks like, go ahead over to the YouTube channel. This is what the hat looks like. I'll be giving this hat away. I have not, I've not worn it more than one time. I wore it one time when my wife got it for me to see if it fit me. It did not fit me. That's the only time I've worn it. It's basically brand new. If you guys are interested in trying to get in the giveaway for this hat, all you have to do, you have to be subscribed to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons, and I want you to comment beneath this video I want you to tell me from the 2010 to 2019, before the Troy Weaver era, I want you to tell me what was your favorite part about that decade, what made it fun to be a Pistons fan during that time, what was your favorite player, favorite moment, favorite time, because that was not a great time as a Pistons fan when you look at the rest of the Pistons history, didn't win any playoff games. So what kept you as a Pistons fan? Who was your favorite player? What made it fun for you to watch? What was your favorite season? What was your favorite game, favorite moment? Give me, give me one of those stories. And also, obviously, be subscribed, and we'll do a giveaway for this hat. I'll pick randomly who it is. Um, If you're interested in it, go ahead and do that. Um, But anyways, okay, let's go ahead and talk about Cade's, the Cade news we got this past day. So, I already said that he played some 5v5 pickup. We got to see him play. Um, I don't want to come on here and start analyzing pickup basketball like that. We're not at that point in the offseason where I'm going to be coming on here and doing that. Uh, so the first thing I want to say is that Mark Jones of ESPN tweeted out, fantastic to see Detroit Pistons' K. Cunningham back on the court, healthy and getting lab work at Remy Training 23. Recently cleared and ready to go after his December surgery, he told me he's planning on being with US, USA Basketball on the select team as part of his roadmap back. So if this is true, and I, I have to assume it's true, it's super dope that K. is going to be a part of USA Basketball and its select team this offseason. A lot of guys who are on the select team go on to play 
for the USA basketball team farther down the line. Cade has a history with USA basketball. He played really well back before he was drafted for the, I, I forget what the teams are called, but like the, the under, was it like U17, U18, whatever it's called. I, I'm not familiar with it too much, but I know I've talked to a few people. I saw some few people talk about how well he played and how he has a history with USA basketball. So I hope that eventually this is his, this is the beginning of his journey to being a part of USA basketball's actual team in the future when he ends up becoming that monster that we all expect him to become. So I think this is super dope. It's good that he's getting in this work. Um, again, it's, it's good to see him be f- uh, healthy enough to play 5v5 pickup. I'm happy to see that he's not playing pickup against like other bums or anything. Like He's playing against other NBA players. Um, some of the players you saw in the 5v5 pickup games was Jonathan Kaminga, Andre Drummond. There's a few other guys that I recognize, but I couldn't, I, I couldn't put a name to. I think one of them was Justin Anderson. The left-hander, I, I couldn't figure out who that was. Hassan Whiteside, um, Marvin Bagley. Did I say Marvin Bagley? Marvin Bagley. Um, and there was a few other guys I just couldn't put a name to. Um, so, happy to see that. I do want to give shout-outs to... Um, oh, my goodness. Let me get... I want to make sure I have the right... I want to shout it out correctly. Um, Sean Murphy from the full... What, what's the podcast? From Half Court Podcast. He used to be with Woodward Sports... He tweeted out that about three weeks ago with Rod Beard on his podcast, he said that he reported Team USA's interest in Kay Cunningham. He said that three weeks ago. So I do want to give him credit. A member of the Pistons community did say that he heard this three weeks ago before Mark Jones tweeted it out. So I do want to give him credit, give Sean his credit for that. Um, but I'm just happy to see Cade healthy, man, because there's been a lot of talk from the Pistons community, from a lot of Pistons fans, like, is he actually healthy? When are we going to get to see some, some footage of him practicing? When are we actually going to see – a shot from Cade. Maybe we're not hearing anything because he's, his recovery isn't actually happening. Like, everyone was freaking out. And now you got this 5v5 pickup, him looking completely healthy, him out there doing his thing. He hit a game winner at the end of the clip. He was out there hitting his pull-up middies. He was getting into the basket. He hit a few pull-up threes in this video. He even gave us iconic, an iconic meme that I think is going to be, like, used for the rest of his time in the when he's with the Pistons, while he's with the Pistons, I should say where he hits a pull-up three and he turns around the camera, goes to him, and he's just got his hands in the air like like he's just him. And he is him. He is him. But it's it's going to be like a meme that's going to be used for him for years and years to come. Um, but my main thing, again, I'm just happy to see, see him healthy, see him playing. I want him to be 100% healthy at the start of the season. I'm glad he's going all these different routes, you know, get, this, get these reps in, get some competitive basketball in. Um, I know when we were talking with Cannon, uh, his brother, a few, what was it, last two weeks ago on the on the podcast, he told me after the podcast that Kate's feeling really good. He's really 100% healthy. He's been working hard. Um, he has no restrictions on him right now. He should be completely fine, and he's feeling really good. So I, I had already heard that, but now that they, you guys finally got these videos of him actually out there playing, I'm sure that makes you guys feel a lot better and puts some of you guys at ease, um, some of our everyday listeners at ease. Um, with Cade and that he's back 100% healthy. Um, my last takeaway, though, from the videos, because, I, of course, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a weirdo and I have to do some kind of analyzing of, of a pickup session. Um, the pull-up threes were nice. We know he can hit them pull-up middies, get to the rim, etc. We know all that stuff. One of the things I was noticing, I'm not going to lie to you, is this pick-and-roll he was running with former Piston Andre Drummond and it just was letting me know 
maybe not letting me know, but just kind of reinforcing an opinion I have that the Pistons need one of their bigs to set hard screens. Because you can say what you want about Andre, but Andre's massive, and he sets really good screens. And in this pickup session, he was setting really good screens, and Cade was getting downhill to his spot over and over. People don't understand how how good screen setting can completely set up your point guard, set up your ball handler, your primary score, how much it helps them. And the Pistons really have struggled over the last, like, two years with, like, great screens. Like, they don't set great screens at all. So, I, that that was just something I, I, I noticed. I hope Jalen Duran eventually gets to the point where he's, like, setting hard body screens and just knocking people over. Not not literally. It doesn't have to be knocking people over. But really hitting guys and opening up spots for uh, Kay Cunningham. The rest of the bigs, they're, they're just not good at it at all. Isaiah Stewart's never been good at setting screens uh, on ball, at least. And off ball, I can't say I've seen any different. And James Wiseman has the time avoids contact on screens too. So, look, I think the Pistons eventually should get get like a backup center in here that really can set hard screens, and eventually teach Jalen Duran how to really set some nice screens. Because again, people will laugh at it, but hard screens, really good screens for a guy who likes to run pick and roll a ton. That is that's that's important. That's important. So. Jalen Duran, 19 years old, I think he'll grow into that, and I think he'll eventually be really good at it. But wouldn't it be nice to have, like, a backup that's a vet, a backup fire that can teach him and take him to the ropes of that? Yes, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of campaigning for Andre Drummond eventually coming back and being a backup five to teach Jalen Duran. But it doesn't have to be him. Because any vet that, that sets hard body screens and knows how knows how to do all that stuff and can teach Jalen Duran. That was another thing I noticed. But I'm a sicko and started analyzing stuff because I got nothing else to do in this summer. Um, let me know what you guys thought about the news with Cade uh, being on the select team. Let me know what you guys think about the video we got of him playing. Did you guys analyze it like I did because I'm a sicko? Did you guys have fun watching it? What do you guys feel? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. When we come back, we're going to be talking about a John Hollinger, John Hollinger article from The Athletic um, where he talks about the Pistons in a – and like a, it, it was like a summer league recap thing, and he had like a little piece about the Pistons. We'll talk about what he said and my takeaways from that when we come back. But first, excuse me, but first I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, FanDuel Sportsbook. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just bet 20 bucks and you'll land. $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to be the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. I used FanDuel a lot last year, especially towards the end of the season. I go on there, I take the over on Jane Ivey's assist. I take the over on Killian Hayes' points. I take the over on Jane Ivey's points, especially towards the end of the year when Jane Ivey started to really take off. I thought it was a pretty nice over-under to take a chance on. Um, but FanDuel is the place I went to. FanDuel is a great, great for- sports book, America's number one sports book, and it is completely safe, and you get paid instantly. I absolutely enjoy my time on FanDuel. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on our podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. 
or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Um, John Hollinger, you, if those of you guys know who John Hollinger is, he was a former GM, or not GM, former front office a member. I believe of the Memphis Grizzlies it was. I believe he was the one who gave Chandler Parsons that, that big contract. Um, but he now writes for The Athletic. And over the years, he has not been a big fan of the Detroit Pistons. Um, he's been very critical of just about every move I can think of. I, I feel like almost everything he's been critical of the Detroit Pistons. Anytime they do anything. If Troy Weaver sneezes without saying God bless you, he's critical of it in an article. If, if Troy Weaver doesn't open a door for the woman behind him, critical of him in the in, in the athletic article. So it literally feels like just about anything the Detroit Pistons can do, John Hollinger is critical of them for doing it. And most of the time, I disagree. Most of the time, I disagree um, with some of the things. I don't think he's wrong all the time, but a lot of the times when he talks about the Pistons, I feel like he's just going in on the Pistons for no reason. In this article, though, I, I have to tell you guys, I think he was absolutely 100% on point. And it's something that we've talked about or I've talked about on the podcast many, 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 many times. And we're going to, I've told you guys last time we talked about, it, we're probably going to continue to talk about it throughout the offseason. And here we are again. So in this article on the athletics, you guys can find it yourselves. You guys can read it. Um, it was posted, what was it, uh, the 19th. And the title is The Worst of Vegas Summer League from Hornets Woes to Lakers Draftees. And throughout the article, it's not just about the Pistons again, like I said. It has little parts of what he thinks is like the worst parts or some of the most saddest, depressing, et cetera, parts of Summer League. Um, bad takeaways. And first one was Charlotte. He talked about Charlotte a little bit. Um, he talked about the Lakers, uh, some of their draft picks. He talked about the struggles of young guards in here. Uh, Kobe Bufkin, he talked about him. Um, and also, he talked about the Detroit Pistons and their own little piece. It is Detroit, it's titled Detroit's Front Court. Now, I'm not going to read you the entire thing that he said in here. I want you guys to go read it. You guys should all have an athletic subscription. I've said that before. They have great work over there and good content. So you guys should have one. But I'll read some of the things he said. He says, to start off, the Pistons showed up the Summer League with five possible rotation players in the lineup, then progressively looked better as they started removing them from action. In particular, attempting to pair Jalen Duran with James Wiseman in the front court was a hot mess. Look, I feel like outside. I truly feel like outside of Wiseman stands that have come over since the trade, the ones who have converted to like uh, bandwagon Piston fans to support James Wiseman. And there's nothing wrong with liking James Wiseman, supporting James Wiseman. But I truly feel like those are the only ones. They literally are the only ones. I feel like that think that this front court pairing, this whole trying Jalen Duran at the four, this whole playing Wiseman and Duran together thing makes any type of sense, and has any chance of working. I, I, I haven't seen one person nationally, I haven't seen one person outside the beat writers just saying, you know, coach speak, supporting everything the Pistons do and anything they possibly do and anything the players do on the court. Like, without just the beat writers being positive just to be positive, like them and the Wiseman stands are literally the only ones I've heard say anything positive about this front court because it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. And Hollinger is right. In the games that the, these two guys played together, they both were better. The team played better when both when one of them was on the court without the other. When they both were on the court together, it did not work 
They did not play well. The team started getting outscored. They did not play good defense. They didn't have good offense. It was not good. When one of them was on the floor without the other, the team looked way better. And that was exactly the case last season at the end of the NBA season. And even though, even though Jalen Duran hit a corner three, and even though we saw Jalen Duran hit a pull-up midi, that does not mean that he should be forced to play with another big. It, it just doesn't work, especially with James Wiseman. I it, I don't I don't even really understand why they did it in summer league because I'm gonna continue to say this: if you are a fan of Jalen Duran, if you are a fan of James Wiseman, if you're a fan of either of those guys, you should not be wanting them to play together. It's not helping either of them. If you want the best for Jalen Duran, you don't want him playing with James Wiseman. If you want the best for James Wiseman, you don't want him playing with Jalen Duran because James Wiseman's future in the NBA, his future with the Pistons, his only future pathway to being a, a, a member of the Pistons team long uh, long term and actually having an impact in the NBA and being a good player is not being shoehorned as a four next to another big guy. It's him being a functional backup five for the Pistons, a functional five who can play drop coverage and can be a rim-running lob threat, set good screens, and be a play finisher on offense. That is his pathway to being a great player for the Pistons off the bench. That's his pathway. And the thing is he has to improve on to get there is his feel, his reaction, his ability to read a defense, his ability to, not even his ability, just overall feel for the game. Because as John Hollinger goes on to point out in here, yes, Wiseman will have a few blocks where simply because of his length, his athleticism, how tall he is, and how big he is, he'll have some crazy blocks every now and then. But, Outside of those possessions where he's blocking shots at the rim, he still finds himself out of position sometimes. And it's not because he's not trying. It's because he just doesn't have a great feel of where to be on, 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 on random possessions. He doesn't have high feel for the game right now. And you can say it's because he hasn't played a lot. All that stuff. This isn't me trying to turn it into a Wiseman you know, hating segment. It's literally me saying, for a guy who struggles with feel right now, who has struggled so far into his into his career, then trying to force him into a position that he's not going to thrive in and not going to be in his best interest doesn't make any sense for him. Stop playing him next to Duran. Stop. Even in practice, even in summer league, even in pickup sessions, just stop. Stop doing it. His pathway forward to being a useful NBA player is as a five. It's as a drop big five and a play finisher on offense. That's what his future is. And eventually, if he can start succeeding at those things and then wants to try to branch out to other things, great for him. But right now, he's not an NBA, he has not been an NBA player thus far. His pathway to doing that for the Pistons immediately and potentially long-term is, as I said, and playing him next to Duran and Duran playing next to Wiseman is not helping either of them. It's actively hurting both of them. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know why this is continuing to be tested, even in Summer League. Even in Summer League. And th- this is one of the other things that Hollinger mentioned. That I-, I tweeted about this, and every I had a bunch of Wiseman stands freak out and start coming after me. I don't really care. One of the things that he mentioned in his in his in his article that I've mentioned on here before too that concerns me a little bit is let me, let me just read the sentence that he wrote. It was at the end of like his third paragraph about the Pistons. He says, "Quote: I remain very high on Jalen Duran." 
and hope he gets every opportunity to start at center this year. But seeing this Wiseman-centric summer lineup worries me. Now, am I worried about Jalen Duran not starting for the Pistons? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, that's not what I'm worried about. But if you guys remember a few weeks ago, actually, summer league wasn't a few weeks. I don't know why I said a few weeks ago. Um, probably like a week and a half ago, we talked about James Wiseman. And then, I believe a week before we talked about James Wiseman, I spoke about what's the Pistons' priorities? Who's high on the Pistons' priority list? Are they setting the right priorities of their play? Like, are their players in the right, you know, uh, order of priority here? Because I was a little bit worried about it. Because to me, I feel like Cade should be at the top of that priority list, and you should be doing everything to boost Cade and make Cade and, and put Cade in the best position possible. And there's moves that they make that makes me feel like that's not at the type of their top of their priority list. Another thing I brought up over the last few weeks is that in my, if I'm not worried that Wiseman is going to be starting over Duran, but like Hollinger brings up, it does concern me a little bit that ever since the Pistons acquired Wiseman at the end of last season, and then even in Summer League, it feels like everything that they're doing on the court is like tailored to Wiseman. Like they're playing him with Duran because they want Wiseman to be able to play with Duran. They're not doing this because Dur- they, they think Duran needs to be able to play with Wiseman. No, they're doing this because they want to find a way of Wiseman playing with Duran. They how focal, how big of a focal point he is on offense at the end of this past season with the post ups and like Hollinger brings up in the summer league how he posts up a ton and he's constantly looking for post ups and like Cannon brought up Cage brother on the podcast that he looks for a little bit too much post ups. The fact that he's like this big, like they're they're making him this big of a priority. It feels like at the end of last season and summer league. Again, I don't think they're going to be starting him over Durin, but it just concerns me a little bit that maybe they're not prioritizing the right guys' developments over others. That's that's something I've brought up to you guys for weeks now, and really going back two months now. When was the last Pistons game? Three months ago? Going back a few months. So I agree with the, almost everything that Hondra wrote in this article, I agree with. I think it's fair points to bring up, and we'll see what happens. So there's a bunch of other things he said about the Pistons too in there. That, that was just the part I wanted to harp on. So, again, you guys should go read it at The Athletic. I, I What was the title again? Let me make sure I get it right so you guys can find it. Um, the title for this The Athletic article by Hollinger, John Hollinger, is The Worst of Vegas Summer League from Hornets Wolves to Lakers Draftees. I encourage all of you guys to go read it and read the little piece he said about the Pistons because there was other stuff that he talked about as well. So let me know what you guys think about what I spoke about. And if you guys did read the John Hollinger article, John Hollinger article before I even spoke about it, let me know what you guys' thoughts were about it in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Hill. When we come back, I want to talk about a former Piston that went on a podcast and spoke about his departure from the team and how it happened um, over the last few days. Uh, we'll talk about that when we come back. But first, you guys got to hear from some of our lovely sponsors. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review. And whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, that's another great way to support the podcast. Again, letting everybody know again, we're doing a giveaway for this hat right here. I had a lot of you guys tweet at me and tell me you guys were interested in this. Um, I put it on the on our YouTube community, Lockdown Pistons. I posted it, asked everyone wanted it. There was a lot of interest in it. A lot of you guys told me just to do a contest, do a giveaway, so we're doing that. If you guys are interested in this hat, again, if you're watching or listening on the podcast, head over to the YouTube channel. You guys will see. Just watch it real quick. You guys will see what the hat looks like. If you're interested in this hat, 
Again, the only time I've ever worn it was to try it out to see if it fits. When my wife got it for me, it did not fit. I haven't worn it since. So it's basically brand new, really nice hat. I like it. If it fit me, I'd wear it, but it just doesn't. So if you guys are interested in it, again, to enter the giveaway, you have to be subscribed to the YouTube channel, and then you need to comment below this video and tell me what your guys' favorite story, favorite player, favorite moment, what kept you engaged from the four, what kept you engaged in the Pistons, my goodness, from 2010 to 2019 when they weren't winning playoff games, they weren't making the playoffs, what kept you around as a Pistons fan, whatever you want to speak on, whether it's a favorite moment, a favorite season, a favorite player, a favorite coach, a favorite play, uh, whatever it is. Give me your story and hit that subscribe button to the YouTube channel, Locked On Pistons, and you'll enter the giveaway for this nice Detroit Pistons snapback. Or it's not a snapback, actually. It's a Pistons fitted cap. So, um, all right, anyways, do all that if you guys are interested in that hat. Um, but Bruce Brown, former Detroit Piston, NBA champion, was I, – I don't know whose podcast it was. It, it, he was talking as if he was a former NBA player. I just – I didn't recognize him. Or maybe not a former NBA player or current NBA player. I, I couldn't recognize who it was, whose podcast it was he was talking on. Um, but who, who now it's starting to bug me that I don't know. The podcast is Run Your Race. I don't know who I, I don't know who the host of the podcast is. Um, I feel like I should know who it is. But anyways, Bruce Brown went on there. He talked about a lot of things. He talked about his time in Brooklyn. He talked about his time um, – with Denver, winning the championship, the matchups, et cetera, et cetera. And also one of the things he mentioned, they asked him about, was his time in Detroit. And he mentioned, like, the he, he talked about how Blake Griffin was absolutely insane. He said he's never seen anything like it, what Blake was in 1819. Love hearing that because, you, as you guys know, me, Blake Griffin, was my favorite Piston of all time. It gave me the most fun, entertaining Greatest season I've witnessed as a Pistons fan. I'm a young Pistons fan. I don't feel like getting into that with you guys again. Um, but I thought that was cool to hear. Um, he also talked about, Bruce, that is, he talked about how in game three, the first Piston home playoff game um, in 2018-19, that the Little Caesars Arena was losing it. It was crazy. It was bumping. It was it was loud as ever. Fans showed up, showed out. It was crazy. He loved it. And then he talked about how in game four, everyone basically knew it was over and the energy was just down in the crowd. Uh, that it was just, they, they couldn't they couldn't get a game off Milwaukee. He said almost every game was a blowout, so he doesn't, he understands that everyone thought it was over after, you know, three games, 3-0. Um, he said he also believes he started off 0-2, 0-12, not 0-2, 0-12 against the Bucks with the Pistons. I'm pretty sure that's true. Like, any, the Bucks are my worst nightmare. Anytime the Pistons go up against the Bucks, I basically just chuck up an L and a 20-point L, too. Like, they just destroy... Pistons get destroyed by the Bucks, man. It, it for years they've been just getting manhandled by Giannis. Um, but anyways, he also talked about his departure from the team, and he he said that the reason why he believes he was traded from the Pistons was they were they were they had like two weeks on, two weeks off of like training, whatever, and. It was his birth. He, he he said he had went to every training thing. He had went to every practice throughout the summer. Non there weren't mandatory, but he went to every single one. And then when his birthday came up, he called Weaver and was like, "Hey, I'm gonna go spend time with my for my birthday. I'm not gonna be at this one, but I'll be I'll be right back. I'll be right back at the next one." He said everything was cool until then. He said after that, front office stopped messing, stopped talking to him. They were like, you know, weren't really trying to talk with him. Um, he started saying that he felt like he was gonna get traded because of the energy. Um. And then eventually, obviously, he ended up getting traded. 
so he believes that the reason why he ended up getting traded by the Pistons was because he took a week off to go celebrate his birthday instead of being in the training facility. I, so I think that's an interesting theory for him to have. <laughs> that that's why he was traded. Um, I don't believe that's why he was traded. I've heard other reasons why he was traded. I can't say what I've heard, but I can say that was not what I've heard why he was traded. And the things I heard why he was traded, still, I think it was even worse. Worse of a reason to trade him. I think it. it, it I think it's stupid. I, I couldn't believe, I still can't believe that the Pistons traded him for what they did. So, I think it's interesting that Bruce feels that way. Um, that, that him... Um, if that was the reason why, that would be so crazy. That that would imagine trading someone because they simply celebrated their birthday for a week in the off season, and they've been to, like to every other like session. I don't believe that's the case, but if it was, that would be wild. That that would be truly crazy. Um, you guys know if you guys have been following me for a while before I became locked on Pistons host, I was site expert and editor at Piston Powered. Uh, I wrote at Detroit Bad Boys. I was with WJR. Uh, in the 1920 season at every Pistons game. Um, and Bruce was one of the players I got to interview in the locker rooms. I wrote about Bruce a lot um, with Piston Powered and Detroit Bad Boys. I was very, very high on Bruce's future. I spoke about his improvements. I, I, I really liked Bruce, still very much like Bruce. So when they traded him for basically nothing, I was furious. And seeing him play how he has played and develop how he's developed and become the player I thought he was going to be all along, it has hurt. It hurt a little bit. It's hurt a little bit. I don't like seeing it. I do like seeing it, but it sucks that it's not with the Pistons. I feel like he is exactly. Um, oh, hold on. Cut off all this stuff about Bruce. What is what it is. Woj just tweeted something about Cade. This happens. So this happens, I feel like, at least twice a month with me. Now I'm just recording a podcast. And then, of course, in the little 30 minutes I record the podcast, a tweet comes out about the Pistons. So here's my live reaction, whatever this is. Woj says, ESPN sources, Pistons guard K. Cunningham fully recovered from a season-ending shin surgery in December. Will practice and scrimmage for USA select team against the senior team, USA roster bound for the FIBA World Cup. Cunningham was offered a spot on the World Cup roster, but deferred to focus on preparing for the NBA season. USA basketball's camp is set for August in Vegas. Okay, so Cade was offered a spot to be on the roster. He could have been playing for USA but decided against it because he wants to focus on this upcoming NBA season with the Pistons. I'm very excited and very happy to hear that he was offered spot on this USA team. That's super dope. It also is even even cooler and even, I don't want to say even better because I would have loved to see him on the USA team actually, but I think it's, it's really good to hear that the reason why he deferred is because he's really just focused on really coming back and silencing everybody and, and making this big jump this upcoming season with the Pistons. I, trust me, talking with Cannon, talking with Ashton, talking to people, Cade hears the noise. He knows that people are sleeping on him. He hears the fact that people are like basically forgetting about him. He knows this. He's And all of his energy is on coming back this season and letting people know what's up. So it doesn't shock me that he deferred uh, this spot so he could focus on, his, on the NBA season instead. Um, but, man, it would have been super cool to see him on the USA team. And the fact that he was offered a team right now makes me think that he will be a part of Team USA in the future. So I, I can't wait for that. I, I can't wait for that. But there you go. What do you guys think? Do you guys Would you guys have rather seen Cade on Team USA playing or focusing on this upcoming season? I wonder if you guys feel differently than I do. Let me know in the comment section down below. 
or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. That's all I've got for you guys today. Thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first list of every single day. Free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. Until next time, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe. Until next time, peace out.